name is Alex Filardi. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. And man, we are thrilled that you joined us for Candy Sunday. I mean, who does not love to get some candy on Sunday morning? Church, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, if you're a guy, if you're a dude, whether you're here in the room or watching us online, I would love to personally invite you to our Men's Warrior Weekend. This is not your typical men's retreat where we'd give you a bunch of lectures and we bore you out of your mind. It's nothing like that. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to give away a free grill. There's going to be zip lining, fishing, good food. The, any of my men here in the room like good food? Give me a good, there you go. Um, so we're going to have good food. We're going to engage with one another. It's only $45. So it's not this coming Saturday, but the next, okay? It is from Friday at 5 p.m., so it's after work, to, and if you're a little bit late, don't worry about it, from Friday, 5 p.m., 6 o'clock, we'll probably get started a little bit later than that, to Saturday at 2 p.m., all right? For $45, it includes the food, it includes um, just the stay, it includes everything that we're going to be doing, and so I hope that you would join us. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 138, Psalm 138, Psalm 138. Uh, if you're kind of new to the Bible and you're trying to figure out where the book of Psalms is, if you, open, if you have a, an actual Bible, not an app, just open it up about halfway through, okay? If you have an app, then it may be a little bit easier. It's in the Old Testament, okay? Psalm 138. The title of the message today is Concern, or excuse me, Confidence Amid Concerns. Confidence Amid Concerns. Now, if you had to take a notepad and you had to list all of your concerns... All right, like your, let, let's just say not all of your concerns, but your primary concerns that you're going through right now, let, just similar to like when you write down a, uh, a grocery list, okay? Or when you, when you write down um, like the things that you're supposed to do this week, okay? If you, had, if you had a notepad right now and you had to write down all of your concerns, like your top concerns, your major concerns, what would be the top three major concerns that you're dealing with right now? I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to make a, a mental note. What are your top three concerns that you have that you're going through in life right this very moment? And the reason why I want you to make a mental note is because I want you to experience the power of God's word through that lens. The things that keep you up at night. The things that you are constantly, like your brain is just like spinning and spinning, okay? I believe that God's, we got a powerful word for, that God has a powerful word for us today. And I want you to experience the message through that lens. What it is that you, that's gripping your heart right now. For some of you, uh, maybe you're a parent and your biggest concern, you may say, man, my kids. My kid, like our kids, like we have a couple of teenagers, like, and I don't know what's going on in their mind, and I, I just, and that's like, that's probably, Pastor Alex, if I had to name it, like top three, my children. Uh, a married couple may say, like, our major concern is our home. Um, we, um, I don't know that we can go any longer like this. The stress, the challenges, it just seems to overwhelm me. 
uh, a student in the room, maybe you're a senior in high school or you're graduating from college and you're thinking, my main concern, if I had to ask you, if I had to tell you, it, it's, it would be like, God, what do you want me to do for the rest of my life? I mean, I'm a senior, I'm graduating, I have no clue what you have for me. Uh, maybe you're in the room and, uh, or watching online and you're a mom and you're, or you're a dad and you're, you just had a baby and you're thinking, do we both go back to work? Do, you know, do we, you know, why do I stay home? Do we pay for childcare? I mean, like daycare, like what, what? And that's like, that is the thing that concerns you right now. For some of you, it may, it may be finances. And it's the thing that's keeping you up at night. And you, you're like, man, we've gone from bad to worst. And, and honestly, right now with the economy and like inflation and the gas prices, and it's really hurting our families. And we, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you, but we may have to file for bankruptcy. And, and I don't just, I don't know where the, where the, where how we're going to pay next month's bills. For some of you, your concern may be a little bit different. It may be that it doesn't affect you personally, but it may be that you're concerned about someone else. Like you, your concern is like for somebody else's well-being. And that, like that literally, like God's put it in your heart and like you feel like responsible for the well-being of this other person. And you, that's, that's like it doesn't really affect you directly personally, but you, you, know, you get up in the middle of the night thinking about that other person. Oftentimes... The more concerned we are, the more prone we are to react the wrong way. Let me say that again. Often in life, as human beings, okay, like just, and I'm, I'm just trying to speak to you as a friend. The more in my life, the more concerned that I am about something, the, e the easier it is to react the wrong way. Like how do we react? Okay, I'll give you a couple of examples. Sometimes I react in fear. I hide, I, I hold back, I retrieve, uh, maybe sometimes I ignore the issue, I don't say anything because, you know, in, in hopes that it'll go away, and so I react in fear, sometimes I react with anxiety, you know, and it's, it's, it's just, I get all upset here, and I get all uptight, and you know, I, like it just worked up in, inside of me, and, and, and the way I react, the way I react is with anxiety, or anger, sometimes I get upset. I get upset. Sometimes we react with um, frustration. What are they going to think? You know, if we do this, if we go through this, what are they going to say? And we get a little bit frustrated. How is the business going to look? If we move in this direction, what are, they, what are church people going to think? And we get a little bit frustrated like that. We uh, react, we uh, run, we run. And we say, in word or in deed, we say, I, I am out of here. I'm, I'm out of here. And we check out. I know I've been there. There's times where I just, I just check out emotionally. I check out mentally. I check out spiritually. And I'm just, just not there. You know, I walk away from the relationship. I, I, I walk away from the God-given assignments. I, I walk away from the challenges that I'm, I'm supposed to, to, to face. And so today, you're in Psalm 138, Psalm 138. Today, God's going to give us tremendous insight. I love how God's Word gives us insight into practical daily living. 138, God's going to give you 
exactly like a few nuggets of truth to help you have godly confidence amid your concerns all right so are we ready so we are in verse one and what i can tell you when you read this i mean it's so plainly it'll jump out of the page okay like god is so clear about this he does not he says you should not handle your concerns you should not retrieve in fear all right like you should not live with the curse of anxiety you should not run away from the issues that concern you. And so it's really clear. So let's look at it. This is David speaking, Psalm 138, verse 1. It says this, I give you thanks, King David speaking, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all of my heart. Now, what does that mean? With all, how do we know that someone, when someone's doing something with all of their heart, what, 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 does that, what does that look like? Well, it means that they're very sincere, right? It means that, they're deeply involved it means that like this is intense like it's it's all of you in this okay it's not like just kind of half-hearted like this part like if i tell my wife honey i love you so much you know she'd probably smile and she'd say thank you honey but if i say honey i love you so much more than susie and terry and michelle and all those ladies that i've been hanging out with lately then all of a sudden not the same right you get it so when, when David says, I'm giving you everything, I'm giving you things with all that I have, with all of my heart, God, you're not just my number one. You're, you're first, you're second, you're third. You, I'm giving you everything. I'm laying it all on the line. So he says, I give you, watch this, don't miss it. I give you things, O Lord, with all of me. I will sing your praises before the gods. What's, what's, what's that talking about? Well, that word, it's a really hard word to explain, but um, it is translated judges, it is translated kings, it's translated rulers. And to me, what David is saying is, God, I'm going to worship you, I'm going to praise you, regardless of who's in a position of authority. Regardless of who's my boss, regardless of who's above me, regardless of who, who uh, I may be afraid of, you are my number one, you're my number two, you're number three, okay? Make sense? He continues, he says, verse two. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that for the next few minutes you would speak to our minds and hearts. God, I pray that you would untie my tongue. God, I pray that the, the words that come out of my mouth would bring um would add value to our people whether they're here in the room whether they're listening um whether they're in a car wherever it is god i pray that you would that these words would lift them up and we pray all these things in jesus name amen all right so a couple of insights that god gives us about how to deal with the concerns of your life okay the first thing that he says in this in this verse is express your gratitude express your gratitude to God, even when you're in the middle of that concern, even when you're going through it. The word express means to convey in words or by gesture. But did you know that the word express also means to squeeze out? I didn't know that. Like when you're squeezing out like the last little bit of toothpaste, okay, out of your toothpaste tube, all right? So this is not about feelings. 
Because a lot of times the Christian life, when you give your life to, to God, it's, it's a very emotional thing, right? You come and you worship and you want to fall down and the preacher gives his message that hopefully is an awesome message and then very emotional. But what you have to understand is that the Christian life, it is emotional because God's given you those emotions, but you can't fully trust the emotions for everything. And so... When you look at what David's going through, he says, you've got to express your gratitude. You've got to squeeze out. There's times in your life when all you can do in the middle of that concern is like, okay, God, I don't feel it, but thank you, and you praise him. Now, you say, Pastor Alex, say, suppose that my concern is like something really bad. What do you say then? Like, suppose that, like, what I'm dealing with is, like, like major. Like, this is, like, really, really hard stuff. How do I express my gratitude then? I mean, like, you can't give thanks for something like this. What are you talking about? Here's what I want you to know. And, and I want you to get, I want you to get this, all right? If you don't get anything else, I hope that, I hope that I can communicate this, and I hope that you receive it well. Listen to me. If you are a child of God, if you're a child of a sovereign God, if, you're, if you are a child of the commander of the universe, a loving father, and he allows that thing in your life, if he allows that thing in your life, I want you to know it's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, I, want, I, want to be, I don't want to be insensitive, but I want you to know this. You, it may have not been what you asked for. It may not be what you want, what you're looking for. And if you react the wrong way, it can become a bad experience. But the Bible is clear. Romans 8, 28, for those of you who know this verse, you, you understand this. Like, like in your mind, like you understand it. It's just hard to go through it when you're in the middle of the storm. But God clearly says he causes everything, Romans 8, 28, everything to work together for the good. Watch this. God works, he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Again, I don't want to be insensitive you may not understand it. I may not understand it. You may not feel like expressing gratitude in that moment. A thousand things may be running through your mind in that moment. And I want you to know it's okay to let them run through your mind as, you, as long as you let them go. As, as long as you allow them to keep going. The challenge is and the problem is when, you, when they stop in your mind, settle in your heart, reach into your emotions and that's when a mess begins to occur because a lot of those things begin to create all kinds of physical disease and you talk to doctors man they'll tell you all of that stuff when you let all of those things like anxiety worry stress frustration frustrations uh, you know like anger all of that when you let them when you let them run through okay that's fine let them go let them keep going but when they stop and they get a hold of your heart and they reach down deep into your emotions. That's when things happen in your life that, that are not good. And the remedy for this, God tells us in his word, is to express gratitude. God somehow knows that there is a therapeutic result to praising him. He heals you. 
You don't praise him. You don't express your attitude on the basis of how you feel. You don't do it when, when you're not concerned anymore. Like, whew, man, I'm so glad we made it through that. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I don't know how we made it, but man, we just, like, God, thank you. Like, we're out of the woods. Like, finally, like everything worked out. No, no, no. You, you can do it then as well. But you don't just praise him when, you're, when it's over. David says, verse 2, he says, this is why we do it, all right? Watch, watch this. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your, help me out, last word there. Your promises are backed by all the honor of your what? Name. You praise him because of who he is. So you don't praise him when things are getting better. You don't just praise him because things are getting better, I should say. Uh, things can begin to get worse. So what do you do? You praise him even more. You express your gratitude because of who he is. So I'll, 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 let me just kind of bring it to make it a little bit more, more personal. So this last week, uh, Monday, I, I don't know why. I was just dealing with some things, some concerns in my life. And, um, you know, they, they just, I begin, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and my brain is just kind of going, going, going. And then anxiety kicks in and, and I begin to, it's just like, you know, it's almost like it's even hard to breathe. And so I'm, I'm having a little bit of like, I'm, wor- I'm anxiety and worried and, you know, and, and so I wake up and I, uh, open up my Bible app um, and I don't usually kind of share my devotions because it's, it's a personal thing just between me and the Lord. And I'm sort of a public, in the public eye, you know, it's like being a pastor is like being inside a fishbowl. Everybody's looking like in a fish tank, right? Everybody's looking at you. It's just one direction, you know? And so I, I tried to reserve that just for me and the Lord. But I, I feel like, man, this just lined up with the message and I just wanted to share. So in the middle of that anxiety, I just opened up my Bible app and I read these words, okay? So they're not on the screen, but... If you want the reference, First um, Chronicles 29, verse 11 through 15. If you want the reference, First Chronicles 29, verse 11 through 15. Here's what I read. In the middle of that fear gripping my heart, this is what I read. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And then by this time, I'm like, okay, can think, and thank you, Jesus, I'm glad. O Lord, he says, and this is your kingdom. In this moment, I thought, God, thank you. This is your kingdom. This is not mine. I don't have to, like, I can, I can lift my hands and say, I surrender, God, this is yours. My concern, what I'm dealing with. And so I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, God, I want to pray like this. I want to learn to pray like this. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Again, 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 15. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. We thank you and we praise your glorious name. There it is. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything that we have has come from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. Anything that we give back to God, it's only because he's already given it to us. He says, we are here for only a moment. 
visitors, strangers in a land like our ancestors, he says. Watch this. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Watch this. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow gone so soon without a trace. Our days here on earth are like a passing shadow gone so soon. I read that and I was like, man, I just, I love that. I want to pray like that. And I started reading it and reading it and reading it. And so I read it on Monday and I read it on Tuesday and I read it on Wednesday and I read it out loud on Thursday and I read it Friday and every single day. And you know what happened to my anxiety? You know what happened to, to those fears that were gripping my heart? All of a sudden they lifted. My concern shrunk. All of a sudden, I had a, a good perspective of like, oh God, it's, it's all about you. It's your kingdom. This is not mine. Everything belongs to you, even if I die, right? Like, I'm in your hands. Number one, you express your gratitude. How do you, how do you deal with confidence, with godly confidence in the midst of your concerns? You give him things. Here's the second thing he says. Verse 3. It says, as soon as I pray, David says, going back to David, Psalm 80, uh, 138, verse 3. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. And you may say, well, you know, I prayed before and God doesn't answer me. So I wish it was like that for me. But I, I prayed plenty of times and God just doesn't seem to be anywhere near me. Well, let's... Slow down a little bit and look at the verse again. David says, I pray and you answer me. I don't know exactly what David was praying for. Specifically, I can think of a couple of things that he was going through, but I don't know specifics. But watch what, watch what it says. It says, you encourage me by giving me strength. So God may answer you, but he may not answer you exactly the way you want you know, like what you're asking for. But what God will do is he will give you the strength that you need to make it through that. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, okay? This is a, this is a good statement. I'm giving you kind of a little bit of a heads up, all right? God's answer in your life is not always the removal of the hindrance, okay? Write this down. God's answer in your life is not always the removal of the hindrance that concerns you. But he will always give you the strength to go through it. Does that make sense? So he may not always remove, right? And we don't know specifically what God did in David's life. But we know that David was wise enough to say, you answer me. And so when I say, God, I'm praying for, and you fill in the blank, and, and nothing happens, that is exactly God's answer for my life. God's silence in your life can also be his answer for you. Because in that moment, maybe he's trying to teach you to be a little bit more patient. Maybe he's trying to build something in your life, spiritually speaking, that you don't have. And so David's wise enough to recognize that. And so here's the second tip that he gives us, uh, that David gives us in dealing with our, our concerns. And is this, write this down if you're taking notes. Establish your faith. Establish your faith. Your strength comes from him. You lose a loved one, where, where are you going to get any help? I mean, your heart is broken. You lost your mom. You lost your, you know, who are you going to get help from? You're going to get help from the Lord. You establish your faith. You go through a divorce. Who is, who's going to help you? 
You know, who's going to be there for you? I promise you, your strength is going to be found in the Lord. David says I, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You go through cancer. Who's going to help you? Who's going to be there for you? I promise you. The psalmist says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So you got to establish your faith. you got to be rooted in the faith. You're not going to easily lose your footing. You're not going to lose your anchor. You're going to get hit if you live for any period of time. Man, life is going to beat you up. And then you may, you may be moved slightly, but you're not going to be thrown off balance because you're going to establish your faith. Verse 6, though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble. He keeps his distance from the proud. There's a lot we could say about that. Verse 7, though I am surrounded by trouble, is David speaking, Verse 7, though I, I am surrounded by trouble, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. David can say that because he's rooted in his faith. You establish your faith. Let me illustrate it. I use this um, true story research that was done by, by uh, at a particular college. I think I used it probably a couple of months ago, but I think it's a great illustration of what I'm talking about. So some researchers went to, they went to um, a school, well, several schools, and they're, they're asking college students two questions. The first question they're asking is, uh, how happy are you? And the follow-up question is, uh, how many dates have you been on? So how happy are you? How many dates? And they found out, the researchers found out that, that essentially there was almost no correlation between the two answers. Okay? It was not, not a, you know, it didn't really matter whichever way they answered. So they flipped. They flipped the questions. And they began to ask, how many dates have you been on the last month? And then the follow-up question is, how happy are you? You know what happened? All of a sudden, they notice that there is a strong correlation between the two. Because when they asked them, how many dates have, been the, have, been, you, have you been on in the last month? If they felt like they've been on a lot of dates, and man, they were, man, they were happy. Like, things is good. Their follow-up answer to the second question on how happy are you was like, life is great. And so what they concluded is something that they call the cognitive illusion. I'm quoting. Is, watch this. It's a little bit heavy, but just hang in there with me. This is what the researchers concluded. It, they said it's a cognitive illusion is what they call it. It's a bias where human, whereby humans tend to rely too much on the first piece of information presented to them. In other words, when you... It's why, it's why we judge things... Like we judge a, a book by its cover. Whatever the first piece of information is, we react, right? It's, it's why first impressions matter. It's why they're so powerful. But here's what I'm trying to, to tell you. The Christian life cannot be based on the first thing that we encounter. Because whenever you run into a problem, if the first thing that you're going to do is react based on that information, you're going to be doing things based on a lot of feelings, and what David is saying is, what he's saying here is, is you do the opposite. You establish your faith. You're going to be grounded in, in, your, in the word. Your feelings are not determined by your objective circumstances. You listening? Your feelings are not determined by your objective circumstances. Your feelings are a function of subjective perspective. 
That's what when they say, how many dates have you been on? If they've been on so many, you know, if they feel like they've been on some good dates, they're, the follow-up question, how are you doing? How is life? It's like, great. Because they're, they're, we're moved by the first piece of information that we have. That's why we dig into God's word daily before the problems come. That's why, we, that's why we're here. You make a, a pattern in your life and you show up. In, uh, to church and you listen God's word that's why you bring your family to church it's not a religious thing that oh you're just checking off the boxes no 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 you do it because you're establishing your faith you want to be ready for the day when the, all the junk hits, hits the fan so when you don't feel like taking the next step in your life you're already established you're going to take it anyway when you don't feel like loving someone who's hurt you you're going to love them anyway why? Because you're rooted in the faith. When, when fear grips your heart, when there's doubt and questions and anxiety, you're going to let that fear become fuel in your life because Jesus is your anchor. And when your integrity is tested, you're going to stand on your values. You're not trying to figure out what principles you, you're holding on to. No, no, no. You've already you've done that. You've done the homework. And now, it may not be easy, but it's always better. You're called to do something going to make a choice you're going to plant yourself like an oak tree in the middle of a storm and you're you're unmovable james puts it like this jesus brother says it like this god blesses those he went through some trials okay god blesses those who patiently endure testing so how do you deal with major concerns well number one you express gratitude number two when you express gratitude we talked about that right god like there's he knows there's a therapeutic thing that happens there's healing when you just do it you just force yourself to say god thank you i don't understand it i don't quite comprehend it i don't like it but god you are victorious you are still on the throne nothing has changed my life is still in your hands and you give him thanks and you express your gratitude the second thing he says is you establish your faith you're rooted you're anchored you're unshakable you're grounded in the word and then last and we'll close with this is you experience his plan i'm going to ask our worship team to get in place you experience his plans you experience you experience his plan for your life i cannot think of a greater thing that a mom or a dad can teach their kids than to look for god when we're in the middle of struggles I cannot think of a greater thing for a mom or a dad to teach their children than the, to, to look for the fingerprint of God amidst the chaos, than to, to listen to the voice of God. I, I know in my life when I've gone through misery, those are the moments that God is actually showing himself to me in a mighty way. And so as a mom and as a dad, man, you want to encourage your kids to be looking for God's work in the middle of the struggle. Here's how David puts it. He says, verse 8, the Lord will work out. Watch this. I love this because David doesn't know this 100%, right? So he's speaking in faith. And he says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life for your faithful love O oh lord endures forever there's no doubt in that statement he will work out his plan 
for my life. And what God wants you to do is he wants you to claim him. That's why when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, your kingdom come. God, your will be done here on earth the way it is in heaven. God, we want you. We want your presence. We want more of you. And so David says, God will work out. He will work out his plan for my life. And so when you're going in the middle of a storm, what you're, you're going to say is, God, I know you'll never leave me nor forsake me. In the middle of the storm, you're going to quote Isaiah 41, verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And all of a sudden, you begin to say, God, I know that what I'm going through is tough. But I know you're walking with me. I know I'm not alone. And you're experiencing exactly what he, he wants you to experience in that moment that word those words work out the Lord will work out those two words work out means complete it means to finish it means to fulfill you know what God is saying he's saying hey listen I will finish I will complete I will fulfill my plan for you I know you don't know it all we're I'm I'm communicating it to you. You're finding out through in the midst of the, the, the good and the bad and the ugly. But I will finish. I will complete. Complete it. I will fulfill it. How do you experience his plan for your life? Well, that's a, it's a message for a different time. But in short, you submit to his authority. You surrender your future. You follow his lead. How do, you, how do you experience his plan for your life? You submit to his authority. You surrender your future. You follow his lead. And so the problem is, the challenge is that we're masterminds at helping God do what we don't know how to do. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, how about you? Will you? Will you express your gratitude amid concerns? Will you establish your faith? Will you ground yourself in the Word? Some of you, you need to stop coming to church every three months. You're still using some things as an excuse. And I'm not judging you. I'm not, I'm not saying, God, that's the last thing. I'm not pointing fingers. But the truth is, we need to be a little bit more regular as far as hanging out with one another and being with community and if we're not careful we can just get a little too relaxed some of you need to say you know what I'm going to establish my faith I'm going to have a little bit more discipline get into God's word develop my prayer life so will you will you express your gratitude will establish your faith will you experience his plan would you look for it Often, what people tell me is, I just don't feel like I can pray. In the middle of those difficulties, I just don't feel like I can pray. Your relationship with Jesus is not all about feelings. Praise Him anyway. 
Pray to him anyway. Establish your faith. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the nugget of truth. God, that we can do this. Lord, in all of our concerns, we can deal with them with godly confidence. So I wonder if there's anybody in the room who say, Pastor, would you pray for me? There's something in my life that I'm, there's a concern that I'm dealing with. Would you pray for me? Would you lift your hand? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand all over the room. Pastor, there's something that I'm dealing with, and it's just like, uh, I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? Anyone else? Man, hands all over the room. If you're watching, is there a concern that you have? You can deal with it with confidence, godly confidence. God can help you. God loves you enough to show you. Would you express your gratitude? Would you establish your faith? Would you experience Him? If we can help you, text that word, text Jesus to our number. We'd love to connect with you. Father God, we thank you so much for the you've given us, for the very breath that we're taking. We lift your name on high. Pray for all the hands that were raised, here in person or online, for people listening. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen.